like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here on this uh, the Friday before Thanksgiving um, to record and discuss uh, our theme for the month of November 2021. That is Mint in Box. These are movies that we own but haven't seen yet until now. Um, this week, we're talking Jim Jarmusch's Mystery Train, a movie that I own because Corey so kindly got for me on Criterion, I think for my birthday or last Christmas. I honestly cannot keep track at this point. Um and then Corey also owns because we have uh, we've done a few Jim Jarmusch movies on this show. Big fans. Um, before we get into uh, this movie, Mystery Train from 1989, we like to catch up with how things have been since the last time we recorded and what else we've been watching. So, Corey, how you doing? You know, um, fine. You know, I feel like the week is finally calming down. How are you? Uh, not bad. That seems like a better response than the last couple of weeks. You've been kind of down. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's good. Yeah, we'll take it. So I um today was my last day of work for the next nine days. Um, I'm on break, and so that's always exciting. It's always funny to see how many students don't come to school, uh, even though they're still technically school until tomorrow. Um, you know, like I had I, first period was almost full, but by sixth period, it was like half my class was gone. Um, people getting checked out and things because you know people travel and stuff like that. Uh, but it's been a, a solid week overall but one thing i would like to talk about is breakfast cereal i really like breakfast cereal but it's not a good thing to eat because it's a lot of calories usually it's got a lot of sugar um doesn't keep me like not hungry i get hungry really fast so much faster because it is empty calories for the most part sure so but i I like it right so recently one of our supermarkets has had uh, these like granola bars of cereal. It's like thin rice crispy treats and they're like a hundred calories each. It's all general mills. So it's like they had cocoa puffs and lucky charms and golden grams and <gasps> um, yes. cinnamon toast crunch um, Reese's puffs. I think it was one more tricks and I've liked them all. Like I, they had them buy one, get one free a couple weeks ago and I bought a couple and I was like, wow, these are really good. I like, I have one and I'm like, satis- it's, it's, it satisfies the sweet tooth, but it's not so bad because it's only a hundred calories. I'm not adding milk in it. Um, and then we were just at the, another supermarket, my daughter and I, um, getting some groceries and they have these soft bake, like, uh, fiber one has these like soft bake. They're kind of like brownie things, but they're not, you know, they're like healthier options, but they satisfy that sweet tooth. They have those soft bake things, but with cereal, they have lucky charms and golden grams and they're only a hundred calories per bar. Again, there's probably a lot of sugar, but I'm, I'm using this as instead of eating, 20 Oreos, which would happen if I had Oreos in front of me kind of thing. I can have one of these cereal bars that satisfy both my craving for cereal and my sweet tooth. And I got to say the Lucky Charms like soft bake bar is incredibly good. Like the marshmallows like are there, but they're kind of like melty almost like a chocolate chip kind of thing. And I, man, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who's who got like, Hey, maybe we should make breakfast cereal, other things. But I love that person so much because they, it's letting me have that thing I want without feeling guilty or like, cause box of cereal is not cheap and it goes bad if you don't eat it. So like, there's an obligation almost like, 
once I crack a box of cereal open, I got to eat it within a week or whatever, right? Yeah, it gets stale. Or it'll get stale. But these bars, they're individually wrapped. So I can eat one. And if I don't eat another one for a week, it's still there unless my wife gets to it, which, you know, she might because they're really good. So like it's, it's you know. I'm going to say this for everyone out there that has a significant other, is married, maybe lives with somebody. It's okay to hide some snacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes I have to. Um, I have plenty of snacks that she won't eat. So it's so like there's like oh, she doesn't really like hummus, you know that kind of thing. Oh, so I like, love hummus, but I don't. I don't buy a lot of snacks. Like I, I try not to. I've don't. actually been buying more snacks lately than I should, um, because it is like once they're there, it's a lot more tempting to to have them than if I don't have them. Um, mm-hmm. I found uh, pretzel sticks to be a very healthy, like a health, not healthy per se, but like. You can eat like 51 pretzel sticks for it's only like 100 calories and it feels like you're getting a lot of food because it's a pretzel and uh, there's something really satisfying. And also I like pretzel sticks and hummus. So like, yes, it goes really well together. Um, So that's been my new thing is like pretzel sticks. Uh, But, you know, um, not to get into the grocery list, but that was like we went grocery shopping just now because tomorrow we like tomorrow's gonna be like chaos day it's the first day of break but i am taking my truck to the mechanic because i think my thermostat seems to be going out because my truck's overheating like if i'm idling for too long it's all right if i'm driving but the second i start idling i gotta like turn the heat up um to like vent the heat and so i've had that happen with other cars i'm pretty sure it's the thermostat should be cheap fix but i gotta i'm taking that in the morning kathy and taylor are both working in the morning kathy's not supposed to have to work but she's working now because santa's coming to the farm supply store for some reason um but we might be getting uh taylor a car tomorrow um i have a friend who is uh selling his car and i think it's gonna be our best situation like where it's we're paying a person instead of a dealership um so there's not gonna be like hidden fees that's what happened when we attempted to buy her last car Uh, oh i'm so confused i thought that she had a car oh so i haven't told that story huh so we we bought a car and within a week we we had we were uh, within a day, Kathy was really apprehensive about it because the lights were like really dim, like so dim. Um, oh. And then when we when we looked it up, it was a problem with that car. Like a lot, like there was actually a class action lawsuit in process um, oh. about the lights. So she was upset about that. And they offered to like the, the, on the phone, they said you could bring it back. When she tried to bring it back, they tried to get her to like upsell to a different car. So she got real like nervous. Um, and then a couple days later, I went and got the car t- uh, tires and. Uh, the mechanic moved the seat back so he could drive the car into the bay. Found out that it's, it's, she had like an electric seat, you know, like where you like the little lever and it like electrically moves up a motorized seat. Um, yeah. And yeah, wouldn't go forward. And uh, it wouldn't and it also wouldn't lean forward anymore. Like it would now only go back. And by the time you realize that that's like, oh, it won't go forward. It's now in a very weird position where like it, no one can comfortably drive the car. So it was starting to become a problem. Kathy uh, basically wrote a complaint and got our money back. The dealership gave us the money back. However, I did lose the money for the tires, which was upsetting. Um, and I was, it was, there was not a convenient way to get the old tires back because, again, by the time we realized this was all happening, days had passed since I had to do the tires change. Um, but nevertheless, we did end up returning it, and so we've been still on the hunt for another car. And then this uh, opportunity has arisen. That seems really good. This, my friend's uh, given us a good price and also a good situation where he's like, he's able to allow us to do like half now and then like wait a year 
and if anything goes wrong with the car, like if we had to like replace something, um, he's going to let us kind of deduct the difference. Um, that's like his kind of way of like, he knows what just happened to us. And uh, the, the car is a little older than the car we just bought, but he's taking good care of it. It's low miles for the year and everything. Um, and it's a nice car. Uh, he's taking care of it. So um, I'm not, I'm trying not to say too much because I'm not trying to get in everyone's business, but I, I am very, very grateful to, to this opportunity. And so hopefully uh, we won't be buying it tomorrow um, because he's waiting to get, he's getting a new car. And like, there's a short. N- there oh. is, there is a short, which is weird. I didn't know that that was a thing for new cars, but uh, um, it, it, he was he thought he might be able to pick it up tomorrow, but it looks like he might be able to pick it up on Sunday, but he wanted, he's bringing it over for us to like, make sure we want to do this and kind of thing. But so that's oh, like, okay. tomorrow's like a lot of car stuff tomorrow. It's just a uh, busy day. Um, and then I think I'm going to this cool pizza place that I've not been to uh, for a, a friend. It's weird. It's a friend slash coworker slash former student's uh, birthday. <laughs> um, that's one person, mind you. I just want to clarify that. It's one person, all three of those titles. Um, and so it's, uh, which is becoming more and more of a thing as I've worked at the school for a long time now. A lot of my students have graduated, gone to college, and now are teaching um and thus now our coworkers and or friends um so it's it's a fun thing for me uh but um there's this pizza place uh that seems really cool um i'm not going to name drop cuz it's like it's like a little small independent thing uh in a nearby town um that has a cool setup that uh i'm i'm hoping that it's going to work out we're going to be able to to do that we don't we don't go out to a lot of social things like this um so i'm i'm like you know, and it'll hopefully Kathy will have a decent day at work. So she won't come home. Like, I don't want to be around people kind of thing, uh, which I totally get. Cause there are days where I'm like, I've been peopled out. There's too many people. I can't deal with it, but it's exhausting. Yeah. So I'm hoping for that, but yeah, that's, that's been my week. Um, anything like interesting happen for you or just like a normal, but good week. Um, um, I, I'm thrown off cause we recorded on Thursday and we did yes. that so that, I could go to a local like holiday market with uh we have a lot of those um in my area in the holidays. We have some in the summer too, but you know, so you can support local independent makers and stuff. So that was really fun and we went to dinner at a restaurant that we really like and I had a delicious cider. I don't drink a lot, guys. I just don't do that. Uh but yeah. Good food, good times, good company. And then yeah, I feel like I've been really busy, and now that we talk, oh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> I'll tell you that in a minute because it's part oh, okay. of what we watched tonight or what uh, gotcha. we watched this week. But yeah, I've just been busy doing things. Well, let's get into the, what we've uh, watched since the last time we recorded. Um, you want to go first? I take it. Yeah, I like barely have a list. Um, so I went to see, um. Ghostbusters Afterlife last night. Oh, I I saw it yesterday at four o'clock in the afternoon. I know, and it looked like our friend Matt also saw it yesterday. He did at three thirty in the afternoon here, I think, but it's like six hours different, so like nine in, in the UK. Mm, yeah, we, uh, me and two of my friends that usually go to movies together, and then one of their man friends, and then uh, I I was thinking about that. It's like once you hit thirty, you can't call your person you're dating a boyfriend anymore it seems like people like get a little (laughs) i don't know weird about that but and then bill actually got to go too bill always works on thursdays which is usually our movie night but it was a lot of fun the movie 
uh, yeah, I I loved it. Uh, David, my my friend and editor for Burke Reviews, uh, went with me. He loved it, and our boy Matt. Uh, I was I, I was a little worried because the last couple of weeks on Bamp, Matt has not liked the movies that I've liked, and we were both super hyped. Like Matt and I are both like, and David are all like hardcore Ghostbuster fans. Like we love them. We have action figures. We have stuff. Like we are not just like we like the movie. Like. And for listeners, if you don't know this about me, the first movie I ever saw in a theater was Ghostbusters. I was two years old. It started my love of film. It's the I literally think it's the reason I do this every week for the last six years, essentially. And um, so this movie had a lot riding on it for me and Matt and David personally, and it worked for all of us. We all loved it. I don't want to say much because I don't I do not want to spoil it. It's literally for some people that it just officially came out today because we we all went to a Thursday screening. Not everyone knows that's a thing. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you way. probably know. The thing, <laughs> Dude, we had some rude little children in there, though. Yeah, we did, too. Uh, not too bad, but they were definitely like and oh it was God. like, were they like teenager young or like like younger? They were like, I'm kind of bad at telling ages, but I would say probably like 12 to 14 or 15. It was like a big group of them and they were talking the whole time. I finally got frustrated and was like, shh. And I was like, God, I'm an embarrassed Bill. And I was like, I don't care. This isn't their living room. Dang it. And then it was really funny because some other people on the other end of our row started doing this shh really loud right after I did. Yes. Yeah, there were some like, uh, not babies, but like, like young kids that the parents brought probably like, cause the parents probably saw Ghostbusters as a kid and they wanted to bring their kids. And that's cool. Um, I'm probably going to see it again. Matt actually saw it again tonight. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to see it a second time this weekend. I, I hope Kathy or Taylor will want to go. Um, I hope I, they both want to go. I love this franchise. I, I am a fan of the second movie. I know a lot of people hate the second movie. I, I like it. I don't think it's as good, but I like it still. Um, I don't understand why people hate the second one. And the, there's been some negative stuff. My favorite podcast, uh, Blank Check with Griffin and David, they both hate it. and they But they were hating it before it came out. I don't understand what their, their issue is with the Ghostbuster franchise, but they were like on it from day one, and their reviews on Letterboxd are not friendly. And it hurts me because I love those guys so much. And I always, a lot of times I see eye to eye with them. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I've given it a five-star review. It is also somehow... It has a lower Rotten Tomato score than the all-female Ghostbusters. And I am not one of those people who have a problem with it being an all-female Ghostbusters. I was all for it. It's a bad movie. There's stuff so wrong with it. The ending is stupid. Like, I dislike that movie on so many levels. For it to have a higher Rotten Tomato score is an affront to good movies. Because Afterlife does everything well. I'm not saying it's perfect. For me, though, it checked all of my boxes, and I, I adored the movie. It hit that nostalgia without, like, trying too hard. Yes. You know, that's almost the exact same thing. Like, because sometimes they, like, they'll try too hard to, like, relate it to another, to the movie. Like, oh, to bring you back, to bring you back, to bring you back. And it's like, dude, I know that's why I'm here. And the plot Um, is built into that, but it's in a way that makes sense logically. Like, it's the next step of that plot to me. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Like, what's going on here, you know? Yeah. Totally. It was so much fun. Bill had fun. Everybody had fun. I also, though, I don't know what I want to say without, like, I, I, because of my love of the first film, I got emotional a few times yes. in the movie. I was um, like, I, so I might not love the movie as much as you guys, but I loved that movie when I was a kid. I love Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
and I had, if you follow me on Instagram, listeners, I had my Stay Puff Marshmallow socks on. I had my Ghostbuster Roosevelt shirt, and I had the Ghostbusters mask. Um, also, I, I always forget this detail because this is a fairly new addition to my ensemble. But my my keys, my lanyard is a Ghostbusters lanyard um, that I found at Five Below not too long ago. Um, I am a, a again legit. I have I'm looking in my man room right now where I record all of our podcasts, and I have one, two, three. Three Ghostbuster action figures on the wall. I have two Ecto One Hot Wheels in the package on the walls. I have the Ghostbusters uh, pop vinyl, the Peter Venkman in the Firehouse. I have the Gozer um, and the Keymaster Gatekeeper uh, pop vinyls that are hard to get, but the Dana Barrett like pop vinyl, freaking cool uh, set that we found a while ago. Um, I have just Peter Venkman in a single like pop vinyl. Like I am a fanatic like of ghostbusters and that's i know there are people who have way more stuff i am a fanatic with a very low budget for stuff like this and yet they (laughs) they populate the walls for those things um and i if if you've listened for a while i'm also a huge bill murray fan like i love bill murray so like it all comes from ghostbusters like in i'm nowhere near as funny as bill murray i am aware of that listeners but my if you know me in real life especially i have a dry sarcasm that i definitely think you could attribute to bill murray's like both in Ghostbusters, but also Groundhog Day, where I think the dry sarcasm really excels. Um, you know, I, I had a lot riding on this film, and it it could have just, to me, when you're that committed to it, it could go one of two ways. You're either going to love it or hate it, because it's going to do the opposite of what you want it to do. And for me, this was the love. Like, it did everything right. I did I... my nerdy applause where I, my hands are just rapidly, like, tapping, but quietly, because I don't want to bother anybody, but I'm just so excited <laughs> I can't stop it. Um <laughs> I was I was having a blast with this movie. Also, hot news, guys. <laughs> the sexiest man in the world on earth, what? In the US was in it is in it too. I mean Paul Rudd. Who Corey and I have been you know, talking kindly about got, for some time. Yeah, I got in a little trouble because when he came up on the screen the first time I like did a heart with my hands oh. and Bill saw <laughs> it and he's like, What? <laughs> But I was like, Bill, this goes way back to at least Clueless, maybe before, yeah. you know, so it just happens. I didn't really get in trouble, guys, but it was yeah, funny. Yeah. But um, it, it, so we spent almost a whole episode now talking about Ghostbusters. Have you seen anything else? <laughs> um, I'm just still watching uh, Saved by the Bell, duh, and that's it. So I've seen a bit since we last recorded. Um, I'm going to start with another n- nostalgia grab. Uh, home sweet home alone on disney plus um last friday because we weren't recording uh kathy and i sat and watched the movie together which we haven't done in a while so it was nice to do that and we love christmas movies so it was you know first real christmas movie we've sat together to watch this season and uh, home sweet home alone is getting a lot of hate i thought it was fun um it's not great i don't think it's nearly as good as the original it does steal a lot from the original. Like, I mean, there are some like direct line references and it is in the same universe as the first movie. I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a clear cameo of a character, not an actor, a character from the first movie um, to like signify that this is the same like world. Um, I don't know if you know anything about it, but just been hearing the hate. Yeah, well, the the lead kid is the uh, the friend in Jojo Rabbit, like the kind of chunky friend oh, who's yeah. yeah, he's the lead. He's very funny. He's not perfect in this. He, uh, Kathy was almost initially annoyed, um, but the villains in this uh, one, 
they do an interesting thing with the the reason that there is a invasion of the of the kid's house right like because that is going to be the premise kids left home alone um why are these people trying to get into his house they they mix that up a bit it's not just thieves like in the other one but it's ellie kemper uh, who's aaron on the office um is one of she's the wife to the the husband the husband who's rob delaney um and the the exploits are funny i found them actually to be quite charming i really like them a lot like way more than i thought from the trailer um it's it's a little shorter so some things get kind of rushed but i actually i'm grateful for that because i don't need to sit with this movie i get the idea i've seen the i've seen the first two i've even seen the third one i did skip the fourth one this is the fifth one i think it's fine it's it's not you know like i don't know that i'll return to this one like i do home alone one and two but if it were just on i totally would watch it it was very enjoyable um and if you're a fan of the old ones i say give it a go it's not bad um some of it's zany uh some of the traps are off the wall crazy but they you know they still get the laughs if you like that kind of you know uh physical comedy um i finished haunting a blind manor <clears throat> yeah i think i think i might have i feel like i talked to you about it but i'm not sure um i was not expecting to be emotional about it you know like i'm saying i thought like i didn't know it was going to take like an emotional beat i was expecting scary and while i think there's like the tone and stuff is scary at the end i was just like wow this is more like emotionally shocking than anything else uh not a criticism i i love the show i think it's great and i really i'm glad i watched it um, I like both The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. I do need to watch the uh, other show, Mass, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. So um, I watched Mystery Train, which we'll talk about in a few moments. Uh, I ventured back to Alfred Hitchcock's silent film, The Lodger, colon, A Story of the London Fog from 1927. Mm. I love Hitchcock, and obviously a lot of people love Hitchcock, but man, <laughs> I wasn't like, I didn't realize it was a silent film when I bought it. And I've, I've got all of his criteria now that you can get. There's a couple that are out of print that I can't get, but um, I really like this movie and I'm not a big silent film fan. I, I don't dislike them, but I do have my attention span does not bode well for a silent film. Um, but man, the lodger is just, it's such a cool story. The look of it, uh, the performances are really good. And it's it right away. You just, if you know Hitchcock, this is like, wow, Hitchcock knew who he was from the get go. Cause it's about a serial killer who targets blondes. It's like, wow, Hitchcock, you, really, you, you came out the gate swinging with this, all right? This is like his third or fourth film, like, total. Um, and the cool thing, there's uh, the lead actor is in another Hitchcock silent film called Downfall. And it doesn't advertise this on the Blu-ray, like, when you look at it, but it's included with the Blu-ray. You get the second silent film uh, with it. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Um, so bonus criterion there. Um, I watched the 1950 James Stewart film called Harvey. Are you familiar with this movie? No. He has a uh, giant invisible rabbit friend. What? That the bulk of the movie is you are, is he crazy or is there a magical rabbit friend? I really it is a real friend. It's great. It's really good. It's super funny. Um, Some of the treatment of like the mental health side isn't obviously going to be as woke as you might want it to be because it's from 1950. And I don't know if you know this listeners, but the mental health institution still isn't very good. It was definitely not good in 1950. However, uh, I don't feel like they really play for that as much of the humor as they could have. Um, But the humor is strong. And it's also it's one of the most endearing films I have seen. I love James Stewart because he has a wholesome vibe, even though like in Vertigo and Rear Window, he doesn't have that vibe. But like when I think of It's a Wonderful Life, 
Um, there's so much to that character. And I feel like that's the same with Harvey. There's a quote I, I feel I have to read. Um, he's talking to someone and he says this. In this world, you must be oh so smart or oh so pleasant. Well, for years, I was smart. I recommend pleasant. You may quote me. And I love that. To me, that's got such a Mr. Rogers vibe to it. Um, I, I just absolutely adore that quote. And then um, another quote from him, just again, to show how wholesome of a character this guy is. I always have a wonderful time wherever I am, whomever I'm with. And it's it, everyone around him is not that pleasant, mind you. Like, But he is. And I Making love that. The best that. of every situation, man. Yeah, it's exactly. And it's it's this... It's so good. It's I, I, the more I've sat with it, the more I love it. Like I, I've only watched it the one time and I'm just, I'm like, Oh, it's so what I need. I'm so <clears> into like optimism right now. And this is like, that vibe was just perfect. And then I got to give a shout out to this person on letterbox though, because I told you this is the imaginary rabbit friend. And they're like, what a weird prequel to Donnie Darko. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's freaking great. What a joke. Like that's you, you've nailed it. Uh, Did user from letterbox. Just that one liner. That's it. That's the whole review. <laughs> yeah. Four stars, it. four stars though, and then that line. I'm like, that's that's the best. I love that. That is such a good joke. Um, but yeah, so I watched Harvey. Uh, really recommend it if you guys get a chance to watch it. Um, I got to catch this new b- movie that just came out on VOD today, uh, called Black Friday from 2021. Okay, oh, Corey, this is a horror comedy. Uh, our boy Bruce Campbell's in it. Oh, I think I saw him share this on Instagram or something. Yeah, it's super fun. It is by no means like, oh, you got to go out and see it. But for people like us that like horror comedies, yeah, this is a must check out. Um, it has a few other, it has Devin Sawa. That's, yep, yep. okay, perfect. Devin Sawa, who, um, he's not bad in this. He's not <laughs> at his peak. He's He definitely feels like he's hamming it in a little bit. But it has uh, Michael J. White, who I always like and stuff. He's not in nearly enough things. Um, but it also, the craziest thing, I didn't realize this till halfway through, but the lead female character, whose name is Marnie in the movie, uh, Ivana Baccaro, is the little girl from Pan's Labyrinth. Like, grown up. I didn't know she was in other things. I didn't either. And then uh, Ryan Lee um, is the other male lead who's like, uh, he's in Super 8 and a couple of other movies like that when he was a kid. So I hadn't seen him in a long time. But I had a, a pretty good time watching this. They they work in like a Toys R Us type uh, retail outlet. And it's the night before Black Friday. So they're about to open the doors at like God. midnight. And an alien parasite has infected some of the shoppers. And it kind of has like a zombie vibe after that. But Bruce Campbell, boy, he's the manager of the store. And he's, oh, he's so, he's so Ash in this. Like, but he's like, no, that's not fair. He's Ash. But what if Ash was just like a total a-hole? Like not, not a, not a like superhero who can kill the bad guys. He's just like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a boss for a corporate, I'm a corporate shill. Like, how do you feel? Um, Yeah. Super, super good movie. Uh, definitely recommend checking out. My review's up at BerkReviews.com for that one. Um, I mentioned this to you. Uh, I found out that Nightmare Alley, the movie that Guillermo del Toro is about to have drop, um, is on Criterion from 1947. And I was like, what? I had no clue. So I bought that, and I immediately watched it. Uh, first thing I want to say that was really cool about the Criterion is, uh, you know, you get, like, the booklet with the essays in it and stuff? Yeah. Uh, terror cards? Or ter- uh, terror? Terror? tarot cards are a part of the story and you get like six of them in the box that are like specific from the movie i was like that's a really cool collectible i didn't know i was getting um but i i am so hyped for the del toro movie after watching this i was like this movie is so cool like i'm so into this um 
And I, I'm like, Del Toro is going to take this to, like the next level. And like, like he dropped a new trailer for it, like the day after I watched the movie. And I'm like, oh yeah, this really shows a lot more of what I was like. I'm like, did Del Toro just like change the whole story? And then the, the new trailer, I'm like, no, no, it's all here. It's all here. And I cannot wait. I'm so excited for it. And I actually get to go to a critic screening on December 1st. So I'm like, right around the corner, gonna see the new Nightmare Alley. Can't wait. Um, Yeah. And uh, thank you to the... um. Oh, hold on. Critics Association of Central Florida, which I am a member of, that Big Tuna was one of the founders of. Uh, we are getting a lot of four-year consideration screeners and uh, screening invites all of a sudden, uh, thanks to that that uh, organization. So I'm glad I am a member. That's rad. Um, and super cool. Uh, so yeah, um, can't wait to see Del Toro's Nightmare Alley. And again, I already talked about the last movie I saw was Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I love it. Uh, I'm sorry if you didn't. I, I, I enjoy it very, very much. All right. I think that leads us to our movie of the week. Unless, Corey, there's anything else? No. Yeah, because we're making a good time. So, Mystery Train from 1989. Um, this is a series of short films essentially connected with a wrapping device or a framing device of a hotel, in essence. Um, it's directed and written by Jim Jarmusch. Uh, it's the plot synopsis on IMDb says three stories are connected by a Memphis hotel in the spirit of Elvis Presley, which definitely going to talk a lot about that. Uh, has an 80 Metascore. Uh, stars, nobody super famous. Uh, I'm going to totally butcher these names. Masatoshi Nagasi, Yuki Kudo, um, Screamin' Jay Hawkins, who's a musician. Uh, Sneak Lee, Rufus Thomas, uh, Jody Markell, William Hotch, Pat Hotch. I'm trying to jump down a bit. Um, Nicoletta Brashi, because they're in order of appearance, it seems. Um, Elizabeth Bracco. Tom Noonan, who uh, um, is in a bunch of, uh, oh, he's in a few Charlie Kaufman things. He's in a few Michael Mann things. Um, often plays kind of a creep. Uh, does so here mm. quite well. Um, and, and Steve Buscemi, a regular for this time period. Um, where Where is there's Okay, here we go. Uh, Yandy Curtis Hall and then Rick Avalese is the, um, well, that's not the one I want either. Joe Strummer? No, where's yeah. the guy who plays? Is that the one? Okay, yeah, Johnny. Okay, there he is. There he is. Um, who is? Uh, do you know who Joe Strummer is? Yeah, I used to love the Clash. I mean, I still like them, but I don't love them as much as I used to. I I was not familiar with him like as a name. I obviously am familiar with the Clash, but hmm. um. Yeah, not not uncommon. That's a Jim Jar- Jarmusch kind of uh, trademark is he works with musicians a lot because he's a cool musician. Um, Jim, Jar- Jim Jarmusch is just cool. Like, he really is just I a would- cool guy. I wonder, I think, was this his third movie? I believe that is correct. I'm going to try to confirm that, but um, go ahead. I, I just wonder, like, did he just, was he born and he had all these amazing, like, famous friends? It seems like it, right? Like this dude, or I, I think he's just cool. I think people are just drawn to him and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll work with you. You seem chill. Like, but you have to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Right, but he's right. like, he always has like, even his early stuff, you know, I can't remember what all movies we've watched. We've watched a lot of his movies. Yes. Um, we've done for the show, we've done Dead Man, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, and we did Coffee and Cigarettes. Um, I don't think. I don't remember if we did Patterson or not. We both have seen Patterson, obviously. We both saw Dead Don't Die. 
Uh, we both have seen Only Lovers Left Alive. That's and my favorite I, one. Have you seen Broken Flowers? Uh, the, the Bill Murray one? No. That one's really good. I've seen that one. Um, I'm going to watch Night on Earth, uh, which is another series of shorts that are connected through a ca- taxi cab, if I'm not mistaken. That has my girl Winona in it. it I own does. that, too. And it's I don't own that, but it's on HBO Max, uh, so I'm going to oh, be watching it on there. Dude, and, they have so many Criterion movies right they now. Do. They have so many Criterion movies. Um, and then, uh, did he do a Talking Head music video or something? Yeah, a compilation of 10 music videos produced by Talking Heads. He's one of the directors of one of the videos. Interesting. Um, Interesting. But yeah, uh, this is one of his early films. And it's um, Coffee and Cigarettes he did as a series of shorts. And then later they put out the full like compilation of all of them, which is what we actually did for the podcast. Oh, I didn't um, realize that. And then uh, Patterson is my favorite Jarmusch film. Although Ghost Dog is a close second. I love Ghost Dog. I was so into that movie when we watched it. Um, so grateful that they finally released it on there. But I also, I love Only Lovers Left Alive. I love The Dead Don't Die. It's Bill Murray, Adam Driver. I mean, yeah. it's just my, and Zombies, which I love. Um, uh, I would say it's probably my least favorite of his movies as much as I love it. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I it's because again, I don't think he's done a bad movie. I think he's just, there's a vibe that he brings to his movies that really, really works for me every he single time. Always lets you like sit with the situation or like sit with the characters. Yes. He's super patient with that. Um, he has interesting camera perspective. Like he doesn't, he, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't follow all the rules of filmmaking. There's a few things where like he breaks the, the, um, if characters are moving left to right and then suddenly they're moving right to left, it can be disorienting. He does that a couple of times in this movie for no apparent reason. It just happens. Um, it's just, I think what he wants to show on that side of the road, um, because there, it, you are kind of traveling through Tennessee it, for parts of this, especially with our first couple. Uh, so there's three shorts. Uh, the first one is called, um, hang on far from Yoka, Yokohama, Yokohama. Um, then the next short is a ghost. And the last short is Lost in Space. Um, and again, they're all connected through uh, this hotel. And they are happening. You don't know that they're happening simultaneously until there are certain events that trigger like, oh, that happens here, which means it's the same as this other thing. Um, and it's not really 100% clear until the second one. It becomes a little more clear. The third movie, the third short definitely helps to kind of give you a sense of time spatially. Um, let's, I guess, go to each short and then we'll, uh, we'll, we won't spoil anything, but we'll kind of give general thoughts. Um, I guess let's just give, uh, my favorite, I, right out of the gate, I love the, the, the couple in the Yokohama, Yokohama, uh, short, um, Jun and Mizuki, Mizuko, they are Japanese tourists, uh, who have come to see, um, a studio and also Graceland. Uh, she is much more into Elvis and Graceland. And I definitely, I don't know enough about the music and or Jarmusch. I, oh. I could tell there's some criticism about Elvis in this, uh, this thing for sure. Um, and I don't know. Do you remember the guy he kept the, the, the boyfriend was really into Carl Perkins, Carl Perkins. I know nothing <laughs> about Carl Perkins. Are you I, familiar with him? I know of him. I know. Um, I'm not the biggest Elvis fan. I mean, he's I'm fine. And it's okay when he comes on and he's got a few good songs, but like I have family members who loved Elvis and I just never understood. Like I was like, why? And they're talking about Sun Studios. I'm like, 
why not like Roy Orbison or someone that's much better? They did play one song, but I guess like pop culturally, you know, when you think of Memphis, but I gr- I'm glad you agree. Cause I'm just like, what's the, what's the big deal? But Jarmusch seems to have like an issue with Elvis or at least the level of which Elvis is regarded compared to yeah. everyone else. Um, because his characters seem to have varying connections to Elvis, right? Like, um, she, the, the girlfriend loves Elvis. The, the boyfriend is okay with Elvis, but definitely is like, you know, well, so-and-so is better. He's got almost a hipster vibe attitude about it. Like, which is funny. Cause I don't think of like hipsters and Elvis at all, but he's just like, well, Carl Perkins is better. And he's got that kind of like this, you know, she oh. calls him out on it. Like, you don't look like you like anything. Like, why do you always look so unhappy? He's like, this is just how I look. This is my face. <laughs> I love that couple. I was so into them. I thought they were so I adorable. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I was a little bummed when it was when I found out it was just going to be for the first part of the movie. So I'm like, but I like them. Like, I want to see what else happens. I need to know more. Like, yeah. her jacket had like a name on it. There has to be oh. like their band. And I was like, I want to see them play. And we didn't get any of that. So I was a little sad. But I would imagine like a rockabilly band. Yes. His, you know? his jacket and like vibe. Yeah, totally. His hair. Oh, so Carl Perkins apparently wrote Blue Suede Shoes. Yes, which I did I'm learn that. sure Elvis covered, right? He did, correct. Blue Suede Shoes, yeah. See, not a big Elvis fan. He's fine. I I don't like the vibrato that he sings with, especially in his <laughs> Christmas songs. They like um I'll That's have a, a blue Christmas. It's so much. It's just like chill out, dude. I get it. Like else that's why I don't like Amanda Seafried in um uh Les Mis, because it's just like oh. so much vibrato. I'm like, chill out. Like, I don't need that. Um, and I know other people like it. It's obviously a preference. I'm just saying that's why I've never connected with them. Um, I'm also, I don't like country. And I know Elvis is not inherently country, but he definitely has that phase. And I just, it's not for me. It's just not my thing. And um, I know rockabilly isn't country, but there's definitely like, there's a country vibe. Yeah. Um, and I, it probably didn't help Elvis because when I grew up, I wasn't aware of Elvis, but I was aware of Honky Tonk Man and the WWF. And he was like a parody of Elvis. So, and a heel at that. So I like my, all of my associations with Elvis, not positive. So I'm just like, whatever, dude. Um, Not my thing. Uh, I do kind of want to watch the um, John Carpenter Elvis movie that stars Kurt Russell as Elvis. Uh, But it was a TV movie and it was, it's not supposed to be very good. But at the same time, it was like, it's Kurt Russell playing Elvis. That's kind of interesting. and there is a new Elvis movie being made right now by um, the guy who made Romeo and Juliet. Why can't I think of his name? Boslerman? Yes. Uh, with Tom Don't Hanks ask... playing the manager, I think. How I remember that. Oh, oh, you were a big fan of Romeo and Juliet, so it makes sense. Yeah. I did. Um, but I'm very I'm very interested in that. But I'm not a big big Elvis fan, but I, I appreciate that. Um, the second uh, short is A Ghost. I like this short. But not as much as I like the first one for sure. Um, I I think that the first two though have a really good sense of humor, even if mm-hmm. it's not like outward, like you know, ha ha ha, you know. Yeah, the second one, but the second one's got this kind of weird, like um, Louisa, who I think is the main one. Uh, she is um, French, right? I think she's Italian. Italian. I'm sorry. It's Italian. Okay. She's trying to go back to Rome. You're right. I was, right, like, you're right. <laughs> I was yeah, like, maybe um, I'm remembering wrong. And so there's like a fish out of water. Like she doesn't want to be there. She was there for a funeral or like 
bringing someone there or something. Didn't her husband accidentally like die unexpectedly there and she's trying to take his body back? Yes, that sounds right. Um, Which also isn't funny, but what a reason to have to go somewhere. Right. And he kind of plays it for humor. There's like an odd, like an oddness about it that's uh, built into it. And there is, there's like a sense of sadness that permeates throughout the the short, but it's, it's Jarmusch's kind of reflective sadness. Um, I think he's good at building that tone where like, yes, things can be sad, but sometimes that's in and of itself. We need to laugh like, cause things are, are weird. Things are odd. Um, and I, I kind of, I think that's part of the reason I, it, he resonates so well with me is there is always a sense of, um, of silliness. In fact, I, if I'm remembering correctly, the, uh, yes, um, the actor who played, uh, Jun, um, the boyfriend in the first thing is the, uh, the Chinese guy, or the, I guess, sorry, sorry. The Japanese guy at the end of Patterson who talks to, um, Patterson. Oh, he, he's like reading the poem to him. That's the same guy. And I think that's awesome. Cause I love that like random callback. <laughs> So sometimes I get annoyed when directors work with the same people all the time. I'm looking at you, Tim Burton. Um, but I like, cause I don't feel like Jarmusch or Jarmusch. Yeah. I don't feel like he does it too much, I guess. I mean, it's he not, does, but it's he's, not all he them. doesn't use them the same way. Like Bill Murray's in coffee and cigarettes. Bill Murray's in yeah. broken flowers. Bill Murray's in uh, dead. Don't die. Uh, Tilda Swinton's in um, broken flowers. Oh. I'm pretty sure she's in uh, only lovers left alive. Um, I think that's it. Um, but yeah, he he's good at uh, finding ways to use his friends. He's used the Wu Tang Clan a few times, which is the one of my favorite freaking things in the whole world. Because you look at Jim Jarmusch and you don't think Wu Tang Clan. So like, I love that he's friends with those guys. Um, like Method Man's in Patterson for one scene. He's rapping in a in a laundromat. Um, uh, I think Ghostface Killa and RZA are in Coffee and Cigarettes. Um, if I'm not mistaken. So like it's it's fun how he works with people and then um and then here i think uh i think yuki is also in a jarmusch another jarmusch film um oh no i am incorrect she's in memoirs of a geisha which i've not seen but i i it's been on my list to watch for some time um but yeah i i i have no issue with that um especially if it's not just like like tim burton and johnny depp like it's johnny depp as the lead over and over and over again um Jarmusch has found interesting ways to use the people he works with multiple times, like Adam Driver in Patterson and then Adam Driver in Dead Don't Die are not the same character, right? Like they're different beings. Um, yeah. And so it's it's interesting how he chooses like, to cast. Yeah, and I don't feel like his stories are always the same. No, no, I A would say more. very much not. Um, I think you could pull similar themes. Oh yeah. Um, if you were to dig deep, but I, I don't think they're they're definitely not the same plots. Um he's exploring different things about humanity and about like existence through, uh, I mean, that thing like dead don't die is dead. Dead don't die. And only lovers left alive are his two most genre films. Um, and I would even say ghost dogs, like a weird mix of like a samurai film and like the, um, the suburb, the urban, um, story. Like we were seeing, uh, at the time I'm, I'm going to, I want to find out. I don't remember when, uh Sam Ghost Dog was, but Ghost Dog is ninety nine. So that's that's a few years after uh Boys in the Hood and stuff. But um it's got that kind of community vibe like built into it, but then it's got the samurai code and it's it's he's just he's just exploring stuff and I, I love that about his movies. Like I don't know. I I don't know 
there's a lot of directors like um who have this kind of very specific tone like terrence malick i always hear like people rave about i have not been able to sit through any of his movies that i've tried to sit through um, which is not many i think i've tried two and i was just like yeah i'm not in the mood for this and jarmouche if you explained to me his style before i watched it i don't know that i would have been like oh yeah that sounds like it's for me but I have consistently been like, yeah, this is for me. This really, really resonates with me for some reason. Mystery Train is right up there where I, when I started, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to vibe with this. And then like five minutes in, I'm like, yeah, I'm 100% vibing with this. This is totally my cup of tea. I, I love every second of this. Yeah, Bill watched it with me and I was a little afraid that Bill was bored and he was like, no, I liked it. And I was like, yeah. Because that's nothing's really happening until the third movie. Like the third movie is when like, stuff goes down like that's the extreme one that's the wild stuff um which i like the third one um i don't again i i really want to dig deeper into the elvis commentary because i don't know enough to fully get what he's doing but like elvis is the girl's focus and the dude's kind of like whatever um louisa doesn't she doesn't have an interest in elvis but there's a story told to her and then that plays a factor later which we can't get into just yet um, and then the third one, Elvis plays a factor because our kind of drunken and angry guy played by uh, the Clash guy, whose name I have now forgotten. Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer. Um, everyone calls him Elvis and he doesn't like it. And it's like he gets into like a fight about it. Likes Carl Perkins better, too. <laughs> yes. So there's obviously some commentary there. But again, I don't know enough about it, like to really read into it, but. Um, a little tie-ins though, like Steve Buscemi's character is a, uh, is he a dent dentist or a hardware guy? He's a barber. Barber, that's what it is. Barber. Um, we see him at the very, very beginning of the movie. He's uh, th- they walk past him and he's got a fishing line wrapped around like the light pole for some reason. And she says like, "You fishing or something?" And he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, and I'm like, "Oh, there's Buscemi." I'm like, and I was like, "Is he? Is that it? Is he just going to be in like this one second scene?" Um, and then he shows up majorly in the third uh, the third story. I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because I was, like, really shocked that he was, like, that early and literally just, like, a walk-by. It's like, there he is. Oh, he's gone. Because um, also, he's not famous yet in 89. Like, not really. Like, he has a few more years before he becomes, like, you know, we have Reservoir Dogs will come out and he'll have a really big role there. And he'll, like, start to blow up and just be in everything. Um, but... Uh, I like the third one. Um, the third one's definitely the most serious and I think the darkest. Uh, still has a, a, a sense of humor, especially Buscemi, uh, his character. Some, the way things happen to him and how he reacts. Kind of funny at times. Um, but definitely the darkest of the of the three. Um, I, I think the first one is my favorite, though. Yeah, I feel like it, they're my favorite in the order they appear. Yeah, which is not always a good thing, but I think it works in this. Like I, because I was hooked because of the first one, and so the things that don't didn't resonate as strongly still work for me. I'm not like not nothing was bad. I was just like, yeah, yeah, cool, let's keep going. And then I, when it ends, I'm like, wait, I want. Can we have another story or two? Like, let's do a couple more. I'm having a good yeah. time here. We're here. We're in Memphis. Let's go. Um, I also thought it was interesting that like he wrapped up because we're seeing how they're all connected. And I was kind of surprised that they add, that he added another whatever for them to be connected, the last one. Mm. I'm not going to say it because it would be a spoiler, but I'm just because he could have it could have not been that. But I don't know. I liked how the stories were interwoven. 
like yeah i did too um it is it has of it reminds me of slackers as well the richard linklater film mm-hmm. um well i guess less so because these are actually i think slackers there's almost no connection um but i i like the connection here it's it's loose uh but also like oh okay cool i get that um totally see how that would work out and why all these people end up like at the same hotel and stuff but um, let's do spoilers. We probably won't talk too much longer on the film. There's not much left to spoil, really, but let's get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. You have been warned. And I don't think we said this when we started actually talking about the movie, but we both have this on Criterion. Um, I think that's the only easy way to watch it right now. Uh, you can rent it, I think, for three ninety nine on the Amazon. Yes, you can. Um, but... Uh, and it's on the Criterion channel, apparently, if you, if oh. you subscribe to that. But that's not on HBO Max, like some of the other Criterion. So it's hard to tell which ones end up on HBO Max or why. Like, they right. just, it's very random, but. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. Um, everything's connected uh, through the hotel, for sure. Um, we get a couple of scenes of the same, like, the, the guys at the hotel. Uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins was also a musician. Um, uh, American singer, songwriter, musician, and actor famed chiefly for his powerful operatic vocal delivery and wild theatrical performances, um, such as I Put a Spell on You from 1956. Oh. Um, and he used a uh, pioneer of um, onstage props, uh, making him an early shock rock, apparently. Um, and he's in a couple other movies, but he's very subdued here. He's just kind of the hotel clerk, and uh, I like all of that. Um, there's a gunshot at the end of the first short that they, they're like, was that a gunshot kind of thing? And then that ends up being from the third short, which I think you hear in all three, uh, the gunshot, but he shoots deep Buscemi in the leg. Um, and that's the way Buscemi sells it is the humor. Cause he's still standing and he's not like he's screaming, but he's not screaming as much as someone who's just been shot in the leg would be, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's exaggerated, like movie being shot in the leg kind of thing. Yeah, which was interesting because earlier in that short, um, well, Joe Strummer's character, is it Johnny? Uh, I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, he, so we find out that he lost his job. He's lost his woman. He's lost everything. It's a horrible day. And he has a gun on him. And they go to the liquor store, mm-hmm. much against his, well, brother-in-law, well, he thought he was his brother-in-law, but they didn't ever actually get married. Um, and the, he shoots the clerk after he says something racist yeah. to his friend. I I I know it's in a movie and I know I I get it, but it just never like doesn't shock me when I hear it. I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Um and Bill's like, oh my God, I'm so glad that they didn't go all movie with that shot with that guy so then like later once you push him you get shot you know what i mean yeah yeah it was yeah i agree what was the um part that you were saying uh the tie-in that you wish they hadn't done or whatever well well, that wasn't necessary i don't mind that they did it at all but i was kind of surprised because he they were already connected um but how they connected johnny to dd in the second one that it, that was like it made perfect sense though because she says well, my boyfriend dumped me or whatever and then like she dumped him 
or that's I'm sorry, but like she says oh, something yeah. about the money or whatever. Um, she mentions it and like it's it's a setup payoff moment that works. Yeah. Um, I but, didn't realize at first because they weren't calling him by his name, and there were some nope. other things that like threw me off from what she had said. And I mean, I guess you're a different person sometimes depending on who you're with. Sure. You know, so I didn't get it right away. Hmm. No, I agree with that. I, it was like a late reveal. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the kind of little dynamic of the woman, the uh, Italian woman, and then her, Didi though, like how she like helps her out and like they they have this kind of odd friendship. And then Didi sees Elvis's ghost. Um, after that whole story, like the whole uh, setup story, like of the hitchhiker and all of that. Um, I thought she was hilarious. What's her name? Um. Uh, Louisa? Louisa. When she's in the restaurant and that guy, that creepy guy comes over and talks to her and she's like, I'll give you a 20 to go away. And I was like, God, I wish I was her. Um, yeah. She's giving away money like it's nobody's business. So like, was I was thinking about that. Like, I wonder if that was like part of her grieving process. Like, or if maybe she got like a big like money, like uh, what is it called? Inheritance or not? I guess it's not inheritance, but like her husband died and all of a sudden she's throwing money around like it's nobody's business. Yeah, I just felt like she was abnormally I know people grieve differently, but she was like abnormally calm. You know, to yeah. be accompanying her husband's body across the United States and trying to get it home. Also, I never thought about like dead bodies being on planes. Oh yeah. I've seen a couple of movies with that as a plot point. I'm trying to remember there was one recently where I, I watched and it was like Have that I was been the whole problem. Pro- with the dead person? It's I don't think they have to tell you, so it's possible. That's like if you guys buy a house, listeners, ask them if anybody died in there so you can get a you know, feeling on if it's haunted. <laughs> they have to tell you if it happened. If you ask. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm weird about stuff like that. Um yeah. I just, I thought that she was hilarious. Everyone is kind of there by, like, I don't know. No one's supposed to be in this hotel. Really. Yeah, it's very, by like, chance. sketchy looking, yeah. And, well, like, the young couple at the beginning, they're supposed to be going to Graceland, but they accidentally happen upon Sun Records. Also, can you imagine traveling at a time before the internet being at your fingertips? Yeah, and not, or, like gps like having no clue where you're going and just like randomly right. rolling around and also no. they're oh sorry go ahead no i was gonna say that like that you asked if i could imagine it like no that that stressed Don't. me out in this movie i was like oh my Terrifying. god they're just like huh like going to a hotel without reading the reviews guys yeah having no clue like how sketchy it might be which actually the hotel isn't as sketchy as i it felt like it no. felt like it was real sketchy and i'm like no i guess it's not that bad like, yeah, the people in it. So I watched a really cool little video. I forget what, like, what company it was. Like, Stereo Gum, maybe? Um, and they, like, actually, they're pop, they call it, like, Pop Pilgrims or something. And they go to, like, different um, places where pop culture has happened. And they, like, see the places. So they went to Memphis and they went to the restaurant it was filmed at. And they also talked a little bit about the hotel with the production manager, I believe it was. And they really did not set up that restaurant at all for this movie. That's just how the restaurant is. 
And apparently, it's like a five-minute video. It's very good. Um, apparently, the owner of the restaurant was really mad that they were messing up his weekend business. So he would, like, do things to try to disturb them, like dragging oh. his garbage across the sidewalk or, you know. And apparently, that hotel was really dilapidated. So they only used the first floor oh, to man. film, which I just thought was interesting. No, yeah, I agree. Um I didn't do any digging this time. I kind of wish I had. I wanted to watch some of the special features, but I just, like, they were all kind of long. Um, oh. Not long in a bad way. Just, like, I was, like, uh, I didn't have time. I just watched the movie, and I didn't have time to, like, sit and do, like, a 30-minute, like, documentary kind of thing. So I was, like, ah, I guess I'll come back to it. And I just never never had a chance to come back to it. So Yeah. I, I also want to know these kids that are, like, 18, and they're just world traveling. Yeah. It's crazy. How do you do that? I mean, it looked like they had everything they owned in that suitcase, including all of her collectible T-shirts that she then put all of them on. So funny. Yes. And I love it. I know you have students that listen to this, but it's just their interactions are so funny and so charming and so real, I guess. And she's like, well, this is the 11th time that yeah we've slept together. And I was like, homegirl is counting. I don't know. I just thought it was very funny. No, for sure. Like that, their relationship is adorable. Um, I really, really like them a lot. Um, again, if this had been the whole movie with just them, I would have been fine with that. Like I, so, but I'm not mad at Jarmusch. I enjoy the shorts. I think they all really work. Um, I like the overall wrapping device. And then I, but I love that first movie so much. I was so into these two characters, um, just from them on the train with the headphones on and like, um, her trying so hard to like communicate with people and then like missing things, you know? Um, what matches and yes, him matches. with the cool ladder, a lighter, and I can't remember what Dee Dee asked them for on the. Oh, Natchez and yeah, Nat- but she, whatever she, that place is. Yeah, it wasn't matches or whatever. Like, but she's like, ah, here's a lighter. And she's like, no, that's not okay. Um, yeah, and she looks so she's so heartbroken that she didn't get it right. Like when she when Dee Dee like was like walks away, like Mitsuki looks so like oh what did I do wrong? Like, I don't know. They're just, they're, they're, they're so sweet. I love them. And the, even the way they're carrying the suitcase with the stick. Um, and then like my turn to be in front and like, they just rotate like for, I don't know if it really matters, but I guess it does. So it's like, okay, uh, you guys are amazing. And again, we get these cool city shots where you just see Memphis in the background and stuff. It's just really cool. And they like show stacks, which was also a record label in Memphis. Um, they show it all dilapidated and stuff, and I wonder if it really is. I thought it was still open, but well, I don't I mean, really remember. Know. It's this is nineteen eighty nine. We're watching the movie too, so they might have you know Real. revitalized it or uh, renovated it at some point. It was uh, interesting to see that the city was kind of like so much of it was like a ghost town. Even when they're walking around during the day, there is like no people around. It was kind of off putting. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's like because of closed set, like because like they would close the streets mm. off or something. Um, but usually if you were trying like if he that's a choice is I guess what I'm getting at. Like um, either they didn't have the money to pay extras, which is probable. Um, or, or, you know, what I'm saying like uh, he there was a lot of thank yous to like the mayor and stuff of the city. Um, I think if I remember correctly at the end, I think there was like a lot of like the special thanks to and like. Um, the city name and all of that because you know this is a low budget film like for sure uh, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I it worked for me. Uh, Jarmouche continues to uh, always win me over. I'm very excited. I don't know if he's working on another project. He definitely seems to take his time uh, in deciding projects, but I really hope he's making another movie here soon. Um, and I, I, you know, uh, Patterson has become a movie that I go to when I just need to chill, like when I really need to like put something on that's going to make me feel good, but also relax. And um, this movie has a similar vibe where I could easily see throwing this movie on and just having it on in the background. Um, I've only so, seen Patterson once. What's that? I've only seen Patterson once, but I see what you're really? saying. Oh, yeah. I've watched it several times. I love that movie. Um, there's something about that movie that just really connects with me. And uh, yeah, that's our episode on Mystery Train. Um, I'm going to say must-see movie, uh, I think. I, I think I put four stars on Letterboxd, but I'm kind of leaning towards five as I've sat with it for a while. Agreed. I would like to do some more research on some of the things. Same, um, especially the, the Elvis stuff. Um, I need I to uh, to check that. I, I don't know enough about Elvis to like really get what he's saying. Um, yeah. Or I'd, I'd love to read like an interview with Jarmusch about this movie because I feel like he's like, yeah, Elvis is overrated. And like, cool. I like it. Um, Mystery Train is on Criterion. Uh, we will be back with one more episode for Minton Box. And it is uh, another horror film. Uh, the last of the Martin Scorsese uh, top 11 horror films that I have not seen. So I'm very excited for that reason. But also um, this movie, The Uninvited, um, it has like really good reviews. So I'm very excited to check this off. I've been very much into horror the last several months. And so I'm, I'm excited to dive into this one. Um, it's one that I've been kind of waiting for. And uh, I knew we were going to do the mitten box. So I've been like, I wanted to watch it, but I was like, no, no, I'll just wait and we'll watch it together. So that's our next episode, um, which will be coming out the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Uh, if you like what we're doing here at Burke Reviews Movie Club, I ask that you take just a minute, give us that five-star review on whatever podcast provider you're listening to. And of course, you can follow us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And again, we'll be back next week with our review of The Uninvited, also a criterion that we happen to own. Um, but until next time, we say keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com